Actually, that's the wrong noise, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is actually the wrong noise. Yeah. Bleh. How about how about this? Bleh. Bleh. That's that's better? a little bit better. Yeah. That's <laughs> okay, a little bit more one. appropriate. You do one. You do everything. <laughs> British horror. Can you do it with a British accent though? Uh, uh, hey. 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 <laughs> yeah. there we go. <laughs> British horror February. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. I'm fine. How are you? You're having a I'm, beer? I'm having a beer. You're I'm having, having a coffee. coffee. It's, it's, drink, later. It's, it's later here, so I'm having coffee. I got I, I to gotta get my head wrapped around this uh, this month. Got a lot British. to do this month. UK horror, there's a lot. Uh, a lot. And I feel like we haphazardly picked. A, it's kind of cool, but we, we didn't really prepare for the onslaught that is UK horror. There's a lot of UK horror. And, and and interestingly, and I don't know a lot about it. You do, obviously, know more than me about everything to do. I know with a thing or two about this But I didn't realize that this movie and next week's movie, directed by the same person, was that by design on your on your part? No, uh, not really. Um, I'm not. I'm not an aficionado of Hammer stuff. I mean, we're really talking mostly about Hammer movies. Although I'm not sure if they're all the ones we picked this month are Hammer. But, um, uh, you know, I'm not new to it, but I'm kind of new to studying it, I guess. Um, but as it turns out, there were only a few directors that worked on these Hammer Horror movies. So you were going to you were going to hit upon Terrence Fisher sooner or later. OK, because he did a bunch. Freddie Francis did the other bunch. The two of them weren't the only ones, but. You know. Okay, but before we get too deep into the movie, how are you? I'm fine. I'm good. I'm uh, I'm I'm you know living the the uh, living the life, living the dream. You had some good news this week. I don't know if you want to share it. You shared it with me. I don't know if you want to share it with the public. Oh, um, yeah. I you know about uh, representation. Yeah, I think you should share it with the public because you know there oh. could be seven, eight people out there who could hire you. I uh, I did sign with a a, a new uh, voiceover representative, a voiceover agency, um, which was exciting. I have uh, new representation there, and um, haven't been doing voiceovers for a little while. It's been a few years since I've been really in the mix, and so it's exciting to to get back in. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of figuring out new programs and stuff i'm a little behind the time so i'm i'm playing catch up yeah see i remember the old days where we didn't have to know anything we wandered around the city we had coffee with our friends we showed up we walked into a recording booth somebody Mm -hmm. else pushed all the buttons we sat in we sat there and said yes i can hear you clem fandango and that's all we had to do yeah really it's true i mean if you think about it it was only a matter of time before that would go away because yeah, that that kind of golden opportunity only lasts so long. Yeah, now it's like I'm a voiceover guy. Oh, I'm an Uber driver. You know, we're we're the same. Yeah, it's about the same, <laughs> um, and it's just fine. I I need the cash just like anybody else does. Um, and uh, and you know, it's exciting. As you know, voiceovers are fun. It's a, it's voiceovers nice. Voiceovers are fun. It's a good profession if you can get the work. It's very competitive. But um, now that we can do it from home. Um, it's uh, it's a lot easier. I'm home anyway. I'm here. But what what can't we do from home? There's like you could be you could be an astronaut, but but work from home remotely. You nowadays. can't be a brain surgeon from home. You could almost be a brain surgeon from home. The the opera. I had an operation a few months ago, and they did it with a robot. That you know about my operation, but the you know, but the but the my my operation was done with a robot where they actually did one of the operations once transatlantically with a, with a surgeon in New York and a patient in Paris from the golf course. <laughs> he was on the golf course, the doctor. So, uh, you, well, you okay. Can, so I stand corrected. 
You could be an astronaut. And uh, I, what, what did you do today, honey? I went to the moon and drove the rover around and collected rocks. And I'm home for, but I'm, I was in the, I was in the study the whole time. You're, you're not making me feel better because basically <laughs> this means that I could do anything with my life now because there's everybody's doing everything from home. So there's no excuse yeah. not to do something more important than what I'm doing. No, I didn't want to make you feel bad. I really didn't. Well, anyway. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'm excited. How, how was your week, Mr. Arkin? Uh, my week was the same. I was at my desk ordering corks, looking at like, you know, label stock, do you know, bop. I learned about bop this week, um, which is biaxially oriented poly propylene or something like that which is used in making labels for bottles and and uh, this stuff i never thought i'd be learning about and and welcome to the arkin brothers talk about movies (laughs) where the arkin brothers discuss movies and media and entertainment (laughs) yes all right maybe we should move on to something interesting um i'm just i'm just in the you know i mean i don't know why you have to learn about that that seems like something that that would be well suited for some other person yes doesn't it doesn't it seem that way i mean you're you're the flavor meister you can taste it and say what's wrong and make it better and right no but that's all done flavor development done now it's all it's all the boring nuts and bolts of of production labels bottles corks things like that so but we're getting there we're getting there soon uh-huh. it's going to be in every bar and 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 home across the country uh but let's talk about movies if you want to <laughs> <laughs> i don't know yeah why not you know what? Nobody's paying us. We can talk about anything we want. Did you eat That's anything? Did you eat anything good this week? <laughs> Did I? <laughs> no, it's been one of those eating a sandwich over the Mac computer weeks uh, for me. So uh, far, it's only Wednesday. Okay. Um, it's been a little hectic, but uh, no, 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 nothing uh, terribly exciting. Uh, this, I haven't even really have I seen anything. Did I do anything? These are the questions. These are perennial questions now. What what have I done? What did okay. I see? There we go. Okay, Brides of Dracula. The Brides of Dracula. <laughs> Brides of Dracula. Brides From of 1960? Dracula. Yeah. And In which there are no actual brides. Nor is there an actual Dracula. Dracula. <laughs> so, but it, but what the heck? They they did what they could. <laughs> you got to get people into the theater. They only had the rights for so many things, and so they used <laughs> what they could. Right. Um. So listen, you, you're probably even more a candidate to know about horror, uh, Hammer movies than me. You know, I don't know the the horror canon that well. Um. Uh, I'm I'm ashamed to say. I know of it. Uh, I didn't see, I, I may have seen some of them, you know, when I was really little, um, when I was like between the ages of five and, and seven, uh, Adam's bedroom was right down the hall from mine. And he had a TV in his bedroom. And uh, I would, after uh, our... <laughs> This is always gets so complicated. After our then mom, not our mom who's listening to the show, but the 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 woman who gave birth to me, who I lived with at the time, after she and her then husband were asleep, it gets very complicated, folks. We'll send you a we'll put a flow chart up on the. It's got to be an easier way to to paint this picture. After the parents fell asleep, I would creep out of my room and into Adam's room and get into his bed, and we would watch the scary movies on the tv we would watch things like um like uh uh oh i'm blanking not mighty what was a put me put conga put me down conga yeah conga for sure you know robinson crusoe on mars you know all these uh, mothra 
you know, anything that was on the late night horror before, uh, before it went to the, the, the little short movie of the, the U S air force pilot and the poem signing off and the test, the test pattern on the screen, we would watch until then. Um, and, uh, so I'm sure I watched some of the hammer stuff then, uh, but probably had the covers over my head through most of it with Adam calling me an idiot because I was scared (laughs) because Adam still tells the story about the time we went to the movie theater on Halloween and to see war war of the worlds. And I freaked out and started running up and down the aisle screaming because I got scared. Oh man. I, I, I wish I'd been there for that. I wish I'd seen that. Yeah. Um, I lost it apparently. Likewise, I was, uh, you know, I, I had, by the time I was born, you know, uh, I had, uh, I had a little TV, a hand-me-down black and white TV that, that mom and dad let me have in my room. Looked like a space helmet. Remember it was like, I remember that whole thing. Yeah. Tiny little screen. Yeah. But, um, I could pick up local, you know, like channel 11, channel nine in New York here, which is like the yep. local stations. And their movie programming was fantastic yep. when I was growing up. and WOR. It was fantastic. And I got into the black and white horror movies that way up at night. Babysitter of mine got into trouble because mom and dad came home and found out that I had seen Frankenstein. Oh. A lo- like I was watching Frankenstein alone and 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 she let me do it and mom and dad got upset and she was like no he's he's fine like i, I he he wouldn't he that was his idea i said no and he said no i'm gonna do it and they're like are you okay are you okay i'm like i'm fine they didn't scare me so i would stay up and watch them at night and then in the more on saturday mornings and sunday mornings they'd have a cavalcade of that stuff when i was a kid too so okay. Well, uh, what I did notice watching this movie was how much of the movies that came after this that I am really familiar with reference this style. Like, like what? Give me an example. Okay. Well, the movie that one of the movies I was going to say to pair with this, uh, Fright Night, uh, which is which is one of the main characters in Fright Night, the Roddy Roddy McDowell character in Fright Night, is a host of one of those late-night, off-brand TV station shows that shows old horror movies. He's, you know, the guy who dresses up and does the, uh, you know, the intros and the commentary on the old horror movies. So... He's a, he's a host of a show that shows all the Hammer movies, and then he gets involved with a real vampire in in Fright Night, played by Chris Sarandon. Um, and so that movie is is paying homage to a lot of the tropes and a lot of the style, commenting on a lot of the style in this movie. Yeah, it's that is true. It, it is doing that. It's actually um because it's because it's commenting on it it's actually quite not like hammer movies which were completely straight ahead right the thing that they were known for was reinvigorating i mean they had been a big production company in england in london since the 30s and they did well they did a lot of different kinds of movies they weren't known for horror but they did some noir stuff and and then they um kind of started getting into a little more horror in the in the 50s with a movie called Quatermass in the Pit which I've never seen and then they made um uh Curse of Frankenstein out of out of nowhere and it was the first uh reboot of Frankenstein since the original you know since the Boris Karloff one from the 30s everybody had been doing sci-fi and then jokey horror stuff and they went straight for gothic horror, like right down the middle of the road, back to the haunted castles and all the old, you know, myths from the old days. Um, so 
Yeah, I mean, Fright Night is constantly referencing it, but Fright Night's nothing like those Hammer movies at the same oh, no, time. It's using, yeah. But you can see that they're... Oh, for sure. Well, Roddy McDowell clearly is kind of like watched a lot of Peter Cushing movies. Yeah. And um, so, okay, look, I don't know where to, where to start because because what what's did, did okay was it what you expected did you did you do you know what the what the flavor of the hammer horror movie is from that period did you kind of know what you were in for or was it a surprise no it was exactly what i expected okay yeah uh well it was it was what i expected at, times three <laughs> right it, it was <laughs> They turned the they they rotated the knob a few more times than I expected them to, right. like the you know the there were so many. Well, we we'll get into like talking about the style, okay? Mm -hmm. So they 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 would have these shots where, okay, we're gonna cut to the to the vampire doing his scary look, right? And they would cut to him, and it would it would almost be sometimes as if they were cutting to a still photograph right he was doing a it, it, there was no action to it it was he was doing a a pose and they'd hold on it and it mm -hmm. was it was the most i mean I'll, okay, I'll just come out and say it i loved the movie i had a great time but it's it is it's so you have to dive in it's like have, yeah. it's like saying um it, it's not a it's not a it's not a uh it's not a zocker tort. It's it's a it's a it's a, it's a ho ho or a, a, a you know it's it's. Well, let's say it's a steak and kidney pie. Let's say that yeah. I don't know if it's a ho ho, but I, I hear what you mean. You know, yeah, I. It's there's there's too much care. They're too handmade. They're too, they're literally made by like a very close knit group of friends and artists who work together to make all these Hammer movies. So, they're they're all handcrafted and and cared for but they're also under real budget constraints all the time and and what they what they did though was I'm, I'm, i'd love to track this and the italian horror stuff that was coming up at a similar time which they called mm -hmm. giallo okay. which was you know not all not particularly gothic or certainly not all of it was a lot of it was kind of modern and based on murder mysteries and stuff, but they were also incredibly brightly colored and um, neon and, and incredibly saturated and very pop art looking. And then of course, like at the really er the earlier uh, Italian horror stuff, Mario Bava. And I mean, they were doing stuff in tandem kind of, so it's interesting to see, we should probably do a Italian horror thing next or soon after to compare and contrast, but okay. it's almost like it's kind of like, um, I'm trying to think like noises. It's like the horror version of noises off or lend me a tenor or, you know, <laughs> it's, it's that kind of almost incredibly good or incredibly bad community theater depending on how you want to look at yes, it. yes there is definitely that quality to it it's really i think they're really um a lot of fun for actors and theater people these yeah, movies you very know? theatrical they're super theatrical and they're also i mean all of them are filled with like not famous but great british stage actors who just did shakespeare all day long and, and did the boards and then they went and did a horror movie and then they you know so they're incredible actors and a lot of them are real hand bones and um it's really cool to see uh like a whole stock company of people that has its own definitive style the way that hollywood movies did but this whole british attitude about it which was so steeped in shakespeare and classic theater and playing to the playing to the you know the nosebleed seats yep well well mona washburn who plays frau lang the wife oh. of the wife of the the headmaster at the you mean gene stapleton the, yeah she's just tearing it up and the you know the uh the doctor who miles uh malison who yes. plays dr tobler <laughs> yeah know? right who wants who wants to make extra yeah. money so yeah. to give so like given a like let's give a little backstory to folks who have not seen there's this is not a complicated story. 
This is not Dracula. It's called the Brides of Dracula. But as we mentioned, there are brides, but there is no Dracula. Right. Well, there's actually no brides either. There's, there's no brides. There's, there's, ladies. there's a fiance at one point. Yeah. There's girlfriends, but there's no uh, brides. Yeah. Um, the movie centers around a um, a young woman played by Yvonne Monlauer, uh, a young French woman named Marianne, who was traveling through the hinterlands. And I guess, where are we? In, outside of hung Hungary or... We're in, in uh, we're in uh, Schneidelberg, Schneidelberg, Transylvania, uh, Transylvania, I think, or or thereabouts. We're in those kinds of uh, the Carpathians, uh, the Carpathian Mountains. Anyway, yeah. she's traveling to be a uh, a teacher at a, at a girls' school, and uh, gets dumped off by a, a a terrible coachman who leaves her in this town uh, uh, without anywhere to go. She doesn't know but, how to what to do, and the innkeeper says you bribed. can't. You He's can't, yeah, him. you can't stay here. The innkeeper says you've got to go. And she's kind of like, at, a, at, at you know, in a bit of a bind until she meets um, Baroness Meinster, played by Martita Hunt, who is, we'll get to this, but um, <laughs> there's, I, I don't, there's a lot to say. She um, brings young Marianne back to the castle so you can stay with me for the evening. It's always nice to have company and I'll drive you, send a coachman to the school with you tomorrow because I know where the school is. So she goes back to the castle very gratefully. And um, when she's there, she spies a young man on, an, on a parapet across the way in the, in the castle, but in another wing. And she thought she was alone. So she asked the Baroness, what's happening? Why is this person here? At which point Martita Hunt gives one of the most amazing breakdown monologues I, I've ever seen. <laughs> she has my favorite line in the movie at that point. What is she, what is the line? You thought what I wanted you to think, that I was an old woman living here alone. <laughs> now you know that I am not alone. I have a son. <laughs> yeah, she really, she really, she goes for it. Yeah. Uh, has a great breakdown where she reveals too much. Well, you know, you could do the math. It turns out that her son's chained up in his in his uh, apartment. He's a vampire, and they're trying to keep him from killing everybody in town. And the young French girl, um, well, she bets on the wrong horse. Yeah, she she says, thinks she's rescuing this young man, and she gets the key and unlocks his chains, and he's a vampire. And all hell breaks loose. But he's not Dracula. No. He is Baron Meinster. Baron Meinster. <laughs> yes. And his <laughs> first name is not Herman. He's not Herman Meinster. <laughs> so um, things ensue. And then the only other thing I'll say about the plot is that it, there's a lot of escapee, escapee, and then running through the woods and meet me at the thing and I'll find you later. And yeah, this poor French girl is uh, thrown to the woods, essentially. Yes. And I think he uh, may bite her at that point. Anyway, leaves her for dead in the middle of the road. Whereupon, who should come by? But the only person who's from the, the traditional real stories, Dr. Van Helsing. Dr. Van Helsing just happens to be driving by at that exact moment and sees her, takes her in. And Dr. Van Helsing, of course, is played by Peter, the great Peter Cushing. The Grand Ooh. Moff Tarkin. We need to just have some, just separate time to talk about Peter Cushing and maybe yeah. Christopher Lee too. But, um, and he takes her under his wing and then goes to fight, uh, find them vampires and fight yeah. vampires, fight vampires and and save the world from the cult of the undead. So, um, have you you weren't aware of uh the 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 first Hammer Dracula outing? with christopher lee you had you not seen that one uh because the first hammer dracula movie no the uh, the horror of dracula no i did have not seen it i i'm i'm told it's better than this that that's a better, better well film. i have to watch it now well it has christopher lee as the as the, as dracula he's the he's the dude 
I mean, David Peel is great, but he's not a good. I don't see. I think my complaint is really I don't like the vampire in this in this movie. In this movie, much. not so no. Much. It's sort of like you you have this this one thing going on through the whole movie, and then you have a vampire from uh, a a bad early version of Days of Our Lives. Yeah, yeah. A matinee, very, yeah. a matinee idol, blonde, pompadoured. He looks like a beach boy, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the West Coast girl, right? Yeah. 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 Just, he's, just, he's, he doesn't exude that child, <laughs> that child of the night thing that you expect no, from a vampire. No, not at all. Although, when he goes full vampire, which he does, he they, they do some work on the... The teeth are great. Gotta give him credit for all the teeth work. The eyes are bloodshot as heck. They look terrifying. And, yeah. um, so but the, I don't think a vampire should have bloodshot eyes. Well, take that they, up with Hammer Horror they Films. Need blood. That's, they that's don't have their, blood in them. They're looking for blood. Well, how would they be wasting it on their eyes? Well, you're 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 on you're in dangerous territory because Christopher Lee was well known to have bloody eyes through many oh, really? of the many of the Hammer Draculas. Oh, that okay. was his, one of his signature moves, in fact. Oh, okay. Well, um, I have to say that I think that the f there there's a couple of question plot questions I have, and these aren't criticisms. I'm not I'm not going after this movie like oh this new movie needs to make sense, <laughs> but I have some questions. Um. It, it is hinted that, you know, he's a vampire and he's been chained up for 20 years and the town thinks he's dead. His mother has chained him up, but if he didn't drink some blood, he would be dead. He'd be desiccated in his coffin, right? According to traditional vampire stuff, they got to. He's out there awake on the balcony without having blood. He couldn't do that. He'd be a desiccated, shriveled old thing, right? It's hinted at one point that she's been keeping him alive, which means bringing him blood. So did she bring um, our dear Marianne Marianne Danielle, I, yeah. I believe, I believe to so. Have I think her for dinner. Yeah, I, to I mean, I, him as a little snack. Yeah, I mean, as the there's another uh, villager girl who dies in the movie, and she comes back to life as a vampire. I think she was another snack to keep him going. Uh, that's that's what I got out of it. Um, um, Amelia brought up a, a point. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, the, please. Amelia brought up something that didn't make sense either, which I have to say holds. This is this is crazy. It holds no water. If a vampire is, a, you know, among other things, a shape shifting magical being, so I don't know how that chain's going to hold him down when he's a bat, particularly. Yes, because the other the female va vampirettes turn into bats. Yeah, they do, and and that's a discussion too. The bat. The bat that they can you know that the story may be behind that? the whole show in and of itself. <laughs> Do you know the story behind that? Well, I uh, no, I don't know the bat story. They worked very, very, very long and hard on the bat for the scene in which, in which, uh, not Greta, uh, who turns into the bat? Um, uh, oh, uh, uh, Andre, Gina, Andre Melly, Andre Melly turns into the bat. They worked very hard on a really wonderful bat that then something happened to it and it broke and they had like a day to put together the new bat that they actually use in the movie. Yeah. And it looks like something from a third grade crafts fair. It looks like a paper mache <laughs> giraffe that somebody <laughs> is throwing through the air. <laughs> but that's what I love about this movie is it just asks you to sit in a sixth grade auditorium mm -hmm. and watch this take place on the most wonderful sets. Yeah. That you think that you feel like this is an amazing set, but the paint is still drying. They yeah, just exactly. Totally true. Amazing art direction. 
Yeah, my community theater days where we were actually, everybody go home and get your hair dryers. We have to get the paint to dry before the audience shows up. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there's definitely that feeling. To, I think to most Hammer stuff that I've seen, there are a few standouts that that really, um, see, there are a few Hammer movies that are actually pretty shocking and, and, and pretty outrageous. Um, they get pretty sexy and pretty racy and they were known for that. They always were in trouble with the censors. Um, and in fact, a lot of their films had the let that had the letter X in them. Uh, for instance, quarter mass and the, one of their films had an X in it, in the title. Few of them did. And they were red X's. And that was proudly saying that they were not for children, that these didn't pass like wow. the ratings board for kids. They were, you know, they were at the time pretty shocking, I think, particularly maybe for British audiences, which may have been a little more used to, you know, uh, tamer, tamer horror stuff for sure. So the amount of blood and in technique, like vibrant, full color like really rich saturated like cartoonishly red blood they use right. but everything was really super gory and 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 dramatic and everything looks like a stage set like everything is clearly like on a sound stage outside inside almost everywhere yeah Be really just a gas um, i have a question for you okay are mad men happy are mad are madmen mad happy, Matthew? Yeah, all madmen are happy. Okay. You, when, well, you're, when, you're, when you're crazy, you laugh. Okay. They laugh. <laughs> Why? So it's just my favorite line from the movie, pretty much. Oh, are madmen happy? I somebody don't asks, somebody asks, I think, Van Helsing. Are madmen happy? Are madmen happy? Uh, there, you, you know what I love is that this is early enough in the days of vampire, uh, of audiences being acquainted with the lore of the vampire and all of that, that they have to give Peter Cushing a speech in which he explains everything about vampires. Yeah, yeah. That's a pretty great moment when he goes, you he's telling the, the little doctor who drinks yeah. all the potions. Yeah. He's saying... um. Oh, there's a great line that I had written down. He goes, um, oh, the doctor that's drinking the potions. And he says, uh, is by doing this, I've survived a vast amount of other people's deaths, which is another great line. <laughs> great line. Um, oh, he goes, uh, yeah, he's saying like vampires don't show reflection and they have to have garlic around. Right. And there's all these rules. And he says, no, no reflection, not in water, not in a mirror. Yeah, no. let's go through everything. Yeah. Um, let, let me ask a, a serious question. Um, is was I wrong to detect um any um any uh German expressionism influence in the lighting and the sets? Influence, no. not no. I, I no, I would say not, not at all, uh, because I mean, um, you know, a lot of the, uh, for instance, Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, who was in this movie, incidentally. <laughs> um, well, who, you know, who who helped to create the, 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 the classic British thriller, essentially. Right. In, in the 20s. Studied, you know, learned everything in Germany under right. the German system. And I think a lot of. A lot of ways of working were brought over. A lot of probably a lot of the technicians um, either worked there or learned tr things that were, you know, uh, created first in the in the German motion picture industry because they had uh, they were incredibly sophisticated. Their their production entities were were incredible um, and incredibly uh, well run and disciplined and you know efficient. And so I think you you know you probably did see. Some of that influence there. Yeah. They weren't production companies. They were Gesellschafts. Oh, pardon me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Gesundheit. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> did, you, did you hear the... Uh, there, there were two actors in this movie who, who were doing 
other other people. One of one of them was doing a Cary Grant. The the father of the dead girl sounded like oh. Cary Grant. Okay, yeah. And the doctor sounded like Alfred Hitchcock. Same accent. A bit. He worked with Hitch, actually, so he probably... Uh, I felt like he was doing an Alfred Hitchcock imitation. He looks a lot like Alfred Hitchcock, yeah. actually. Yeah. Kind of a slim down... <laughs> yeah. Kind of a Jack LaLanne version of Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. Um, um, Greta's fit when he gets free. When Baron Meinster gets free, it is, and she flips out. It's when he's free. He's free. It's so good, and you don't know if it it it's both terror and glee at the same time. Yeah, going back and forth. Talk she, about the cackling, a mad person cackling. She cackling and cackling through the castle. You hear it reverberating, and then she has that he's free, he's free, he's free. long. And then to herself. So it's interesting. There's another device that you can see they use in some of these movies. They certainly use it here, which links up to these Shakespearean actors that they have on call. Um, is that they have soliloquies like that wasn't to anybody that speech no that was literally just a long soliloquy from like a shakespearean play where they did that kind of thing and and you don't really see that in movies very often like that was just an incredibly uh british kind of thing to do it seems to me yep she's just it goes on and on i mean it's literally like a full monologue yeah and she's all alone um, couple of things made me laugh. Oh, couple? Yeah, couple of just couple of things. Uh, the scene um where when um in the scene where Peter Cushing drives a stake through uh the Baroness Meinster's heart. Did you notice there was a band aid on his hand? No, I didn't yeah. see. It. So that that was yeah. that. that <laughs> well, I like that. He invented the bandaid. He invented the bandaid. Yeah, Van Helsing on, brand bandaids. On the rubber, the, the log that is in the in the lane that stops. That the, was extraordinary. It's made of rubber because as the guy is grunting to move it out of the way, you can see that it jiggling. Jiggle, it's jiggling it's like a rubber. Out of rubber. Strangely, <laughs> it still it looked heavier than an actual log would have been, but made well, out I, of rubber. It would have been. If it was made of rubber, it would have been heavier than a real tree. Give a guy a break. That dude had to move <laughs> just, that out of the way. Just put a tree there. Um, and uh, the stare in... Andre Melly's eyes when she comes out of the grave as oh, a man. Oh, it's so just, good. Just so good. Well, that, and, you know, that just, just to interrupt for a second, that image to me is is what Hammer's all about. Like that, that um close-up of her with the fangs and that look in her eye, which is really she's really like in the zone. She's in the vampire zone, that actress. And in that lush color with those fangs and that kind of like 60s style hairdo, like the whole thing, pure hammer. That is as hammer as it's gonna get. And yeah. it's um it's it's like it's really unique because it knows it's sometimes you feel like it knows it's campy and it's totally in on it, and then sometimes it's like really stuffy, and you're like, Is this the stuffiest thing I've been like? There'll be long stretches for 15 20 minutes where it's just people drinking tea and talking in hushed tones about arrivals of carriages, and you're like, I yeah. nothing's happening, nothing's happening. Uh, do we need to talk about the wigs at all? Do you? I mean, there's a lot of them. Well, it it just that that again brought me back to theater. I felt like you know, you know, when you're doing a Broadway show. I mean, not not to blow our horns or anything, but and you're on you're on stage with the other actors and you're looking at them and you're th you're thinking to yourself as you're looking at them and you're doing the scene. 
Thank God the audience is further away than I am because that's the fakest looking thing I've ever seen in my life. But the audience is 20 feet away. They're not seeing the wig that I'm seeing right now. Yes, I'll have another cup of tea. Thank you. There's a lot of netting in this film. You can a see a lot, lot of wig netting. <laughs> wig netting. But you know what? Honestly, no more than these days and when everything is in super 4K high def and you see all Nose the makeup yeah. and everything. Yeah. Um, um, how about Peter Cushing um, sticking his tongue out and rolling and bugging his eyes when he's getting strangled? Look, I'm not... This is where we're going to stop. This is where we have to stop. Because we can't, I'm not going to let Peter Cushing get lumped into just another, yet another silly thing that happened in this movie. Because no, I, I, that was a silly moment. It, it, it was, but it's un, it's, it's, it's unfair to Sir Peter. Well, I'm being taken to task. No, I, only because I, I truly, I mean, I, I, I have a love for Peter Cushing and an admiration for him. And it's beyond the beyond. I think he's absolutely fantastic. Oh, I think he's spectacular. But, and also, I mean, I have to point out that he's the Grand Moff Tarkin and you're the Grand Moff T. Arkin. Um, So, of course, there's a a kinship there. That's my, yeah, that's my name, man. Tarkin is is one of my handles. Um. That's not news to me, but uh, but I'm glad you pointed it out. But some of our listeners might not know that. It's true. But Peter Cushing, I if, mean. If I had his profile and his hairline, I'd be a rich, famous man, right? You'd now. have to have his voice and his athletic ability and his his incredible charm as well. I I had I never had his voice or his charm. I had his athletic ability back in the day. Don't know if you did. I did a lot of falling through windows and, you know, I did a lot of my own like stunty type stuff there for a while. Okay. A lot of physical. That's, that's great. Let's, let's leave it at that. I mean, I'll, I'll put a little compendium clips together of the things that Peter Cushing has done in movies for 37 years. And you'll see if, you know, I mean, he's, he can sword fight. He can do, uh, oh, he, okay. he does yeah, all of that fight. stuff. I, I mean, just, just fight. his, just the way he jumped off that moving carriage, it was like, he's like Fred Astaire. He's got incredible style. And he's, he's, um, I don't feel the love from you on this, but that's okay. I don't, I don't feel the love. Oh my God. I said, I loved this movie. (laughs) And you're trying to pick a fight with me. No, no. Um, I loved the movie, and I loved him in it. I just feel like him, you know, him creeping around a castle for ten minutes is is fascinating. Like you're that interested. was fascinating. His and the way it was so specific when he would walk in and look over here and look there and check that out, and and you're watching for five minutes when, like you said, nothing is happening. Nothing. And yet he is very specifically going yeah. through mm-hmm. very specific, intentional, thought out actions yeah. Yeah. as absolutely nothing is happening. <laughs> <laughs> and and he did it for for 25 years. Like he played these parts yeah. forever and just uh, had nothing but respect, was a complete gentleman about everything. Like he never... He never it, like it's like he never occurred to him to think that these might have been, you know, naughty movies or B movies or, you know, he just took it as seriously as 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 anybody would take anything. Well, I, I don't think it was a naughty movie. Well, you haven't seen we're, we have the naughties coming up, though. Like, oh, we've what, got the naughties. OK, I want to see. Well, there's that. this is a particularly tame Hammer movie. Oh, OK. I I thought. Yeah. Well, then I'm looking forward to what comes next because, you know, me. I like yeah. the, I like the untamed. This was a bit. It gets untamed. I forget what our picks are, but there'll be there'll be some stuff to make you very happy. Um, well, next is Frankenstein must be destroyed. Again, we're we're all over the map. I don't. I mean, we're not going on any particular. Our last our last is Twins of Evil. Well, that's that's a naughty one. Okay, 
that's a bit of a naughty one. Well, good. Then we're wrapping it up with a naughty one. Um, who, who are we in this movie, in your opinion? Because I have a very clear idea of who we are. I have a, I have a, I'm, I, I, I don't have as, I have a very clear idea, but I have like, I can't decide between a couple. So like, I'm, you are probably, I think the, the doctor who helps Van Helsing, Alfred Hitchcock. Okay. But you also might be the guy who runs the school for girls. Oh, okay. All right. And you? I think that I'm the guy, I'm the carriage driver who has to move the log. <laughs> I'm that, or I might be Baron Meinster, to be totally honest. Oh, 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 really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's not such a compliment. I mean, that's not very self aggrandizing, to be honest. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm the lamest vampire in movie <laughs> history. Okay. I have a very specific idea, not only of who we are. Yeah, but it's who we are because it would be you and me. You and I would be doing a scene together. Okay, <laughs> and, Which it's, one? Oh. and it's I'm the doctor, and you're the priest. In the scene <laughs> where the priest is eating the soup and the doctor is being annoying. <laughs> that's that's perfect. And I think that you and I would be cast just to do that scene together. Yeah. <laughs> and then if we had been born in UK, we would be yeah. UK like UK vaudevillianers who did that bit from 1917 all the way through right. the 50s. Yeah. And they hired the, the brothers Arkin to yeah. do the, the, the annoying priest. Yeah. And then we have like one physical bit that's the same every time. Like <laughs> yeah. you take off my hat and smack my head like Benny Hill or something right. like that. And you roll your eyes at me mm -hmm. and keep eating your soup. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's soup in every there's always soup there's always soup um what's your your uh double feature for this oh i'm i'm gonna say season two of the bachelor <laughs> oh that's brilliant <laughs> that's brilliant not season three because season three was kind of not so great i felt like, they hit their like stride and Hit their stride in season two. Yeah, like either of us know, I know. what the hell that is. <laughs> what about you? I went the easy route. I went Fright Night so that you okay. see both this movie and the commentary on I it. I like that. I like that. Um, how would you watch this movie? Because I have a very clear idea of how I would watch this movie. I would. Ha I mean, the ideal would be, would be for me to literally go back in time yes. to that to that bedroom at one o'clock in the morning with that little TV and watch it there. That, oh, like, okay. Yeah. Oh, funny. Okay. I, were you thinking of another bedroom, Matthew? I'm sorry. I was the thinking bedroom, of the bedroom throw you off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, um, the very first time you have a romantic interest home for, to cook for them. Oh, that's great. And yeah. you make a really juicy, rare, bloody steak and open a great bottle of wine and turn out all the lights and yeah. sit with TV trays. Yeah, you get like a, open a Beaujolais, it. like something yeah. really yeah. rich and red. And like, yeah. hey, honey, let's watch this movie. That's That's I like that a lot. That'd be, this, that'd be this fun. This is a perfect kind of movie for that, yeah. Yeah, um, because you can talk during it and you can laugh and it's it's got a little bit of titillation to it. It does um just a little bit because it's you know it's very little 1960 yeah and it's england um i i, I do want to point out one or two things that i noticed i did you notice like for instance um you know the the uh the baroness played by uh uh martita martita fertita martita hunt martita hunt she had some interesting costumes. Now she's a large woman. She's a very tall, kind of broad-shouldered lady. Yes. Um, and uh, she had some costumes, and I thought, for God's sakes, it's like it literally looks like. The, <laughs> remember the, remember the tennis shoe monster in the Warner Brothers cartoons. Oh yeah. <laughs> Her shoulder pads were that freaking big. Oh my god! Literally. Oh um, my god. She okay. was like out of a Pee Wee Herman movie. I thought she was just extraordinary. <laughs> yeah. 
she was terrific yeah love that um loved the um you know uh there did you have a favorite shot like a legit favorite shot or scene um, or that were like my, worked for you or that was just not ironic greta's fit and um and the 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 whole sequence of uh of Gina coming out of the grave through the bat mm-hmm. flying away. I just, it was so extreme in its, in its bad community theater. Ness. <laughs> it's like Greek tragedy. Yeah. Bad community theater. And yet, and yet tells the story so clearly that you give over to it mm-hmm. in spite of the fact that it, I mean, this is, this is melodrama. It It's just, over the top completely melodramatic and you you go with it or you don't and i i went with it because why not it, it's going to it's going on um you know it's a mr toad's wild ride of a horror movie it's mm-hmm. not there's nothing realistic about it or or but you're why not have fun exactly exactly there's there they are intent incredibly fun and made by very smart people you know it's like there's kind of almost nothing more fun than a group of very highly intelligent people getting together to do something silly yeah you don't get the feeling like they were setting out to make a brilliant movie and failed you feel like they were are doing exactly what they want to do mm-hmm. and having a great time doing it and, yeah. and are doing it in order to entertain and thrill. Yeah. And make and a bucket load of money, which they were making, you know, I mean the first uh, Frankenstein movie that they made, which was just two or three years before this one, they were in their, in their prime of like just taking over the world when this thing came out. And um, you know, they're, I don't think they had a clue what they had at first. So they were, they were kind of making this all up as they went, but it was most of the time working. Oh, but I I think actually I'm looking at my notes and to get back to your question about a favorite scene sequence, the, the cinematography and the, and lighting in the sequence from when she goes through the secret door to his room, to his room and walking in to meet him. Um, where she walks from the shadow to the light and, and, and meets him for the first time and he's lit and they, they so pull the wool over your eyes when you meet him, because I didn't know the story yet. And I didn't, I did not, um, I did not, uh, clock, when she meets him that he was the vampire um i i fell for what they wanted you to fall for because he's so blonde and handsome and and matinee idolish that i thought oh he's being kept prisoner because he could fight the vampire or be a threat to the vampire and she's the baddie I thought the mom, maybe Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't tip to the fact that he was the vampire at first. And we haven't met Van Helsing yet. We haven't heard all of that. So I didn't know where this was going to go yet. Right. Um, And I, I just thought that was really very interesting the way they handled that. I also really loved the windmill at the end. Oh yeah. I loved the the sim the the sim the 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 idea of him pulling the arms of the windmill to make the shadow of the cross to well, that's, defeat the vampire. That's the shot of the movie for me. That's just a great great shot, beautiful shot, uh, beautifully photographed, and it's a great concept. Like it really is. <clears throat> and then the flaming cross at the end. I mean, I'm I'm not a Catholic, but it it spoke what it needed to speak it's a powerful thing <clears throat> yeah that's a, that's my favorite shot that that windmill cross thing that happens is just it's kind of unexpected because they don't use a they're not using a lot of overt symbolism throughout the movie like that it's not like they're hiding that german expressionism kind of 
from you until these key moments where it really pops out and it really right. makes a statement, you know? There's another shot that's actually just a brilliant shot and a surprising shot similar to that one where Van Helsing is fighting with the with the lady vampire, the one who's kind of like the as we all like all, as we all, all as we all hope we have the opportunity to do in our lives at some point. Maybe you. I it looks a little bit scary. Um they cut to this high angle as she comes bursting out of this um door and she takes a header and falls falls like 15 feet onto a onto a bunch of pallets and and looks like she dies but it's just an incredible stunt and it's also just suddenly from this incredibly high angle looking straight down really cool mm. my favorite scene though i think um is one that actually also like is as well as being a surprise added a little bit of fun to the vampire lore and mythology for me and oh, that's the scene that? where uh peter cushing um he's actually been bitten on the neck by the vampire oh yes great sequence and you don't know what he's gonna do because you're like he got bit like this is bad and he uh he actually there's a there's a there's a uh i don't know what they call those things where they keep burning coals it's like an iron there's a name Cru for that a crucible a crucible, crucible i think yeah there's this crucible full of hot coals and he takes one of these hot coals and he with tongs and he jabs it into this neck where the vampire bit him and they don't just like peter cushing doesn't just do a little ah, okay it's done like he he jabs that thing into his neck it's this giant red hot rock and burns himself so badly and cures himself uh actually yeah. takes care of it which was well, a great what does he use to cool it off after burning oh himself? the holy water yeah holy water so holy that's, water makes ma makes that feel all that's better. some holy water that's yeah. that holy water is the most powerful holy water i've seen in a movie yeah did you see what it did to that guy's face oh destroyed it that's a mess yeah. the, but see that that thing of the hot coal and the holy water the only other way to cure the vampire thing is to have your your friend run into town to get the doctor and then the doctor can't come because he's there's a lady giving birth to somebody right so he tells your friend that he has to actually suck the poison yeah. out and then your friend oh never that's a different it's a different, different, different and your story. friend comes back and goes you're gonna die you're gonna die <laughs> yeah um sorry. that's a different that's a different story <laughs> Sorry, I didn't. I don't know what I was. What would if you were going to make a sequel to this movie? What would you call it? What What would be a fitting sequel to this? Because I I have a sequel for this movie. What would I call a sequel to this? Yeah, if you were going to make a sequel to this movie, what would you? I would make I would make the real ex wives of Dracula. <laughs> that's that's what I would. Do. I like that. Between that and The Bachelor, we've got kind of a running theme here. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, how would you how would you recast that remake or that reboot? Oh, this? recast this movie. Um, I think uh, it's got to be. Um, uh, oh God, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, uh, a, a a brilliant mind, a, a, a sad mind. Who is that actor? The Australian actor. Russell Crowe? Russell Crowe as, as Van Helsing. Oh, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> that he would be a good Van Helsing. I have to say, I think that not only would Tom Hiddleston be a great Van Helsing, but he should do the Peter Cushing story. Like, for real. Oh, yeah. He, he looks should. almost exactly like Peter Cushing, I realized yeah. last night. Yeah. He'd be great in that. He'd who be else, wonderful. Who else would you put in the movie? Um... I would make Ryan Reynolds the vampire. <laughs> I had I had Jason Ritter. <laughs> um, I would have um, and I, I'm, oh gosh, I'm forgetting that I did, I forgot to do this part of the thing, so I'm doing it on the it's fly. Quite all right. Oh, I'm a bad person. The recasting, I forgot to do the recasting. I think that uh, the only Noho person... Hank would play Greta. Noho Hank from uh, from um, Barry. Did you watch, don't watch Barry? Barry. No, I don't, I don't watch either. television. No, you don't watch. No, I don't have time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say that you know, I think 
I think Lady Gaga as Marianne, though, would be the way to go. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I think that would be pretty good. Lady yeah. Gaga as Marianne. And um... <laughs> I can't even. Oh, as um, as not Greta, um, the the uh, Gina. Um, what, oh what, yeah, Andre Melly. Yeah, uh, Gina would be um, the the wonderful actress from Wolf of Wall Street. I'm forgetting everybody's name tonight. I'm not helping you anymore. I can't help you. <laughs> I'm too tired. I had my first class of the year this week. I've got another class on Friday. Oh, I mean, you're it, it's, Yeah, it's exhausting. The, the new semester started, and I'm just I'm, I'm out of my mind tonight. Well, I don't blame Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie as okay. as the as the vampire coming out of out of the ground. That would be good. Um, I think the 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 doctor. Um, would be um, uh, I can't remember anybody's name. I'm having a stroke. Well, that's not funny to say that, but I, it's if it's you know not true, it's somewhat funny. Listen, that's okay. Maybe somebody somebody had a comment here. Camille Renner says, not since Siskel and Ebert have I so looked forward to weekly discussions on cinema. Eye candy is a plus. Thank you, fellas. You make seeming mediocre movies classic. Hey. Camille, thank you so much for watching, and thank you for the commentary. Thank you, Camille. That made my night. That's we really very nice. It. And you. if you can, And if you can supply the names of the people whose names I can't remember. Camille, help Matthew. Help him. <laughs> Help me help myself. <laughs> um, so um, I do have to say uh, before we before we sign off that I I saw the previews for a show that I'm really looking forward to seeing. Have you seen the previews for Murderville? I don't know anything about. Do it. Do you know the concept of it? Nothing. Murderville is a uh, new TV series coming out starring. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it is starring uh, Will Arnett, and it's a a comic sort of version of a Law and Order police procedural with a different celebrity playing Will Arnett's partner every week. But that celebrity <laughs> is not that celebrity is not given the script, so they have to go along. Are you serious? Yeah. They have to go along on the investigation without knowing anything about what's going on. Is this a, is this a half hour show, an hour show? What is I'm it? Hope, I, I, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, but who, it looks... Who, who else is doing this show? Who's on this show? Who's doing um, it? Let's see. Murderville is going to be with... Um, who is starring in it? On uh, the Netflix original site... It, on IMDb, it's um, here. I'm pulling it up. Come along. Um, come along with us. Come along with us. Will a Arnett, wonderful world of internet. Yes, a wonderful world of the internet. <laughs> as we as we search for things online. <laughs> um, come on, cast. Come on up. So the full cast and crew. Will Arnett. Um, Sharon Stone is a guest star. Um, who else? I guess stars. Uh, Rob Hubel, Conan O'Brien. Um, this is a great idea. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see that. It is total, total silliness. So people just have no clue what's what's happening. That how is that different from every time I show up to act in yeah. a show? Yeah. Exactly. Not very different, folks. It's not that different. It's not that different. I have no idea what's happening. They weren't handed a script at all. I was handed a script 45 minutes before was, the camera's yeah, rolling. Right. Yeah. Good luck to you. Still making it up. Right. Yeah. Um, but it, it just looks like an awful lot of, of confusing. I fun. can't wait. That sounds amazing. 
Yeah. So, uh, so next week is uh, Frankenstein must be destroyed. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. Do you want to give us any kind of preview on that? I can't. I don't. I don't really. This was picked out of a hat. I don't know that I've seen the whole movie. Uh, you know, a lot of Hammer movies I've seen pieces of, and no, I, I, you know, some of them I know and love, but there's a lot of them, and this one wasn't one I could totally tell you I, I've seen. Okay, well, uh, join us next week for Frankenstein Must Die. No, Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed. Yes, Frankenstein yeah. Must Be Destroyed. Must Be Destroyed, and uh, we'll be talking about that next week. So join us. Can't wait. Good night, everybody. Great to see you, man. You've been listening to the Arkin Brothers Talk About Movies. That's my brother, Matthew Arkin. And that's my brother, Anthony Arkin. And we are interesting, irreverent, and irrelevant. But you can follow us on Instagram anyway. You can also subscribe to our newsletter and check out our merch. And you can do it all on our website. Just follow the link on your podcast app. Or if you really want to stalk us, head over to arkinbros.com. You'll learn more about us than anyone would ever want to know.